This is Inspire to Impact. I'm your host, James Campbell. Inspire to Impact is a podcast dedicated to having real conversations with real educators. We find out why they do what they do, what special skills they bring to the table, and if they can have one word to describe themselves, what would that word be? Today we have with us Miss Christine Lopez. She is an educator at the Atlanta Girls School. So we're going to jump right into that conversation in just a moment. teacher at the Atlanta Girls School. I teach geometry, algebra one, and pre-algebra. Well, thank you, Christine, for being with us today. Greatly appreciate you giving some of your time to inspire the impact. I want to start off by asking a question that I ask everyone, and simply, can you tell me about your path to education? Sure. I came into education firstly because I'm very inspired by a quote by Nelson Mandela, Mandela that says, Education is the most powerful, I have it written right up there. Okay. Education is the most powerful weapon which you can use to change the world. And that really resonated with me. So that is one factor that motivated me to teach. The other factor is a couple of mission trips I went on during high school and college to Latin America. Where we did service in schools and I realized I could do this. I could work with students and be happy about that and feel fulfilled and feel like I have purpose. Um, The third reason I came into teaching was because I knew I could not do a cubicle desk (laughs) job. I knew that would make me so miserable. Um, And on the other end, I knew that I wanted to do writing and I wanted to be a fashion designer and an actress and a comedian and every creative thing in the world. And so I felt like teaching was a good middle ground in between the wildly monotonous and the wildly whimsical. And I felt like teaching was the realistic in between. And I like having a place I can go to every day with all girls that I can inspire. I knew I wanted to work at an all girls school. Okay. So I want to let everyone know that this is your second year teaching. Brilliant. So, yeah. Yes, just <laughs> young to the game. Mm-hmm. And I always feel like the first year is about survival. So I would just like to ask you, how was your first year and how did you survive that first year? Well, I think I lucked out because my student teaching experience mm-hmm. did a very good job of preparing me as much as possible for what it'd be like to be totally in charge in a classroom. So I had a pretty good foundation there. The first year teaching, still, even with that good foundation, was tricky mm-hmm. and about survival. And for me, survival just means stay until it gets done and do the best that I can. So I kind of lived here a little bit, lived in my room to get the work done. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just learned to forgive, forgive myself along the way when I wasn't perfect because I wanted to be perfect. Came to terms with the fact that there is no perfect teacher. And just did the best I can to think, if I were sitting in this math classroom, what would I want to do to make it a more enjoyable experience? And that was really my motivator, I guess, throughout that first year teaching. How can I make math class more fun? Because when it's fun for them, it'll be fun for me. And that'll make it feel less like survival and more like thriving. Okay, all right. So 
I'm going to push here a little bit. Okay. Was there ever a moment, or can you share a story where you were challenged to the point, like, why am I doing this? Oh, yeah. And if so, <laughs> what was that moment, and how did you get over that moment that you were challenged? I felt that moment, and I maybe this was a flaw, a mistake, but I had that moment two weeks into the school year, and I told my students about it at the end of the year, on the last day of school. Last day of school, I'm super cheesy. <laughs> so I tell them a bunch of super cheesy things and stories, and this was one of them. So second week of school, I felt overwhelmed. It wasn't one particular thing that hit me, and I was like, okay, I can't do this. It was just the juggling of it all. And I was like, I can't do all of this. I'm not good. I feel like my students don't like me. I feel like we're not learning or not having fun. It was just an accumulation of various me feeling like I was um, coming up short on my obligations as a teacher. So that second week of school, I was here late because I lived here. Um, and I sat at my desk right behind us and I flipped a coin. And I said, all right, heads, I'm gonna quit by the end of the year. Tail or no, I said, heads, I'll keep teaching in second year, tails, I'll quit. And it actually landed on tails. So I was like, all right, that's it. Okay. I'm gonna quit by the end of the year. That's it, I'm gonna give it my best shot. I'm gonna do my best work. But then after that, I'm gonna be out of here. And then the year went on and things got better and things got easier and I found my rhythm with students and I found my rhythm with math and teaching math. And I decided, no, I'm not gonna let a really silly little coin toss of the very first two weeks of school determine whether I come back next year. And so <clears throat> I told the students that, that you know, your life is not a coin toss. It isn't probability, you have control over what you choose to do and what you do next. And then I gave them each a penny as a souvenir. Um, and that was our last day of school activity. Which, I go back, I'm like, should I have told them that I was thinking about like, heading out of here after two weeks? But I think the message is still good. Of You have control over what you do. Give it time, give it patience, and hard work. And you will find your rhythm and find your steps. Okay. So those that I hope that answers your question of right. whether it, ever a it does, and thanks you, thank you for your vulnerability. Mm -hmm. So let me flip it then. What was your biggest success last year, and what why was it a success for you? Huh. I feel like I had an answer to that, but now I can't remember what it was. My biggest success, I think, just developing positive relationships with the students. When I, what makes me feel successful in teaching, which maybe this isn't healthy, but it's external. It's when students talk to me about how they're enjoying math class. What made me feel like I can do this and I want to keep doing this is when a parent told me my daughter's never liked math class until she had you. Or when a student told me I look forward to Monday mornings because we had math first thing Monday morning. Um, or when a student wrote, because I had not a yearbook, but I had a notebook that they would write in at the end uh -huh. of the year. And what they wrote, the positive messages, the reassurance that was in there that they wrote to me, that was when I felt good. That was my big success. At the end of the year, when I could look back and hear their feedback, and it was that they enjoyed math. So. so. You had that moment where you flipped the coin mm -hmm. and you thought you would quit. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the year, you had the stories of, this is the best year, I enjoy math because of you, and had those mm -hmm. moments. So what would you tell a first year 
fresh out of college teacher uh -huh. to help them survive that first year? What advice would you give them? Ooh, I can pull up the email. I gave, um, we got another new teacher this year, mm -hmm. and I gave her like a long email of things I wish somebody told me before my first year teaching, and more specifically mm -hmm. teaching at AGS. What were some of those things? I think the first thing I would tell a first year teacher is be patient with yourself mm -hmm. and forgive yourself. Because I know for me that was really hard. And that's because I'm a perfectionist. And also a little bit of a procrastinator. Those two things don't pair very well. Um, but that's the first thing I would say. Forgive yourself. Be patient with yourself. Give yourself as much compassion as you give your students. Because mm -hmm. I felt like with students I was always like, it's okay if you didn't quite get the deadline on this. I understand you had something come up. We'll sort it out. But for myself it was like, I need to get it done tonight. So that's the first thing I would tell a first year teacher. Um, the next thing I would say is relationships are paramount. I think that's the right word I'm looking for uh -huh. um, to good teaching. And that's advice I got from a professor while I was in college that teaching is all about relationships. Mm -hmm. So if you foster positive relationships with your students, then I think you can have a positive year in the classroom. I tell a first year teacher. I tell them like my bins are very helpful. Just logistical things about right. keeping organized. Uh -huh. um, but really, yeah, it's about relationships and giving yourself compassion. I think those were the two biggest messages that I would give a first year teacher. Right. And relationships. When you say relationships, what do you mean by relationships? What are some of the relationships that you form? Who are you forming relationships with? I try and form them with all my students, uh -huh. um, and I try and do it through a through a couple of different ways. One, getting to know them as a person. What do they do? What are their interests? Because a lot of students can walk into a math classroom and say, I don't like math, therefore I don't want to be here, therefore I don't like this class. Um, and I'm trying to find out, what do you like? What can I do in this classroom to let you know that I care about you as a student? And so maybe that will come back to me, karma is you caring about math and you caring about the class. And that seems to work mm -hmm. sometimes. <laughs> so the ways that I do that, one, um, I have a section on my whiteboard where I have students write if they have an athletic event or a performance coming up. And I tell them I can't promise that I'll be there, but I'll promise that I try. So I have them write that up there, and that way I get to know a little bit about what they're doing, and I can come support them. Mm -hmm. The other way is just the, the silliness. I really thrive on the silliness. Um, and my chair is so squeaky. <laughs> um, and just goofing off with students. I think humor has really bonded, helped me bond with students. Mm -hmm. um, so on my fun board, as I call it, I have a couple of sections. I have the Caterpillar comic, which is a comic about the giant stuffed animal caterpillar I have in my room, <laughs> who is my class mascot. It's just, it's a silly thing that they can look at when they're zoning out in class, because they will at some point. I can't guarantee their focus 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. So that's up there. I have the quote of the week. Sometimes we talk about that. And bold students of the week, I recognize when a student has demonstrated boldness in math class. And I think that helps develop a positive relationship with a student because it's a way for me to let them know, hey, I'm proud of you and this is why. Mm -hmm. And I let their family know too, so that way the family can let them know. Mm -hmm. um, 
favorite thing of the students on the fun board is probably the birthday puns. Okay. The birthday puns are, I write every month the name of the names of students who have a birthday in that month. And then I come up with a little picture and a pun to go with their name. So, for example, mine was Christine, my name is Christine Lopez Menendez. Mm -hmm. And so, what a student drew, because I had students come up with one for me um, to kind of flip it. They came up with pristine, and then they drew a diamond, and then they, Lopez, so they drew like a Pez candy dispenser with an okay. arrow pointing down. And so every month I do that for them. I come up with a little picture pun to go with their birthday, so they just know that they're up there. But really, I think I form positive student relationships. Hello. Through humor, through communication, Hey, I'm proud of you. Hey, I'm kind of bummed out today. Here's why. And just being there for them, being supportive. Right. Yeah. I love the fact that you talked about building relationships. Mm -hmm. One of the things I would always tell parents on Back to School Night is that I teach students. I don't teach a subject. Mm -hmm. And the idea is building those relationships and having those meaningful opportunities with them. Mm -hmm. So I love that idea of relationship. So I've had an opportunity to be in your class a few times, and I just recall the enjoyment of being in the class Thank and you. the fact that it's gone by so quickly. So I'd like to you know, as a math teacher, how do you blend in the rigor of math along with the fun that I see that you're enjoying the class, the students are enjoying the class? How do you go about creating lessons that incorporate both the rigor that they need but also the enjoyment of the class? First, I think, what would I have wanted when I was in their seat? Um, I was a theatrical kid. I was an arts kid. I was a storyteller kid. So I try and blend the mathematics with the creative. That's what I zoom out and think first. How can I make this math lesson more creative? So it isn't just me doing examples at the board, which sometimes there that happens. Right. I can't always make it like, we're going to have Play-Doh and we're going to have Legos today and then we're going to design a cake. Sometimes I do have those lessons and those are awesome. Those are fun. And some days there are the more straightforward, like, all right, we're going to learn this so that we can apply it to something more fun later. Um, so that's the first thing I ask. Can I make this more creative? Recently, what I also do while lesson planning is I ask myself a series of questions. How would they teach this in an art class? How would they teach this in a PE class? How would they teach this in a um, drama class? And I ask them how would they teach this matter or concept in a class more often thought of as creative. Um, I try and think how do I get them out of their seats at least once. Um, I try and think how much am I doing the talking and when do they start talking. So I started building this list of questions. I mean, can I get my laptop? I can sure. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <laughs> We're so many questions. I'm like, wait, I have reference points. I can um, count it out. Go for it. All right. So this is the list I came up with. Questions to ask myself when I'm about to do something boring. Boring. <laughs> boring. boring. <laughs> <laughs> What I just said, like, how would they teach this in a theater class? How would they teach this in art? How would they teach this in PE or creative writing class? How can I get them out of their seats? Can I take them somewhere else outside of the room? How can I incorporate a meme or pop culture? How can I make it more relevant to the real world around them? Can I make it a mini project? How can I make it more hands-on? How can this be done 
comedically, like if this were a comedy channel in my classroom, how would this be done? Um, so for example, they could roast, they could do roasts of like, okay, there's a mistake mm -hmm. up here on the board. A student did something wrong with this math problem. Uh -huh. Give it a roast. But in that roast, you got to tell me what they did wrong, how you would correct them. Mm. We have vocab sass offs sometimes, which is, okay, I give two students each a vocab word and they have to talk about that word in the sassiest way possible. And they can kind of trash talk the other word, not person, the other word, not person. Um, how to, can I incorporate student interest? That's also on the list. How do I start this lesson with bright energy? How do I close it neatly? Um, is there a way to give them choices? Am I reviewing or repeating? Is this a conversation or a lecture? Is there something in this lesson that I personally can say, I'm really excited about this? Because a student wrote on one of my evaluations last year, she said, whenever Ms. Lopez says, I'm really excited about this next thing we're doing, she said, I know that means we're about to do something fun. Mm. So when I'm excited about something, then I find that that spreads. And they also know that's a cue we're about to do something fun. Um, how can I make sure I'm hearing student voices? How can my lessons have phases and variety? And can I add randomness or fortune or whimsy to the lesson somehow? So that's what I ask now when I am making up my lesson plan and I say, this looks a little bit dull. Mm -hmm. It needs to be spruced up somehow. So, yeah, that's what I consider. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing. Do you mind if I share that list with the rest of the world? I think it needs to be shared out. Sure. that's I'm always adding yeah. to it. It's not. It's a list in progress, but right. yeah, it's well, 26 questions. Yeah, 26. <laughs> <laughs> But I love the fact that at the heart of it is mm -hmm. a class that's meaningful. It's not about you, but it's about your students. And when you're excited about it, they're excited about it. And mm -hmm. it just keeps that idea of joy and whimsy that yeah. I can see a student benefiting from. Mm -hmm. And with that, so you're at an all-girls school. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like you are making it meaningful for girls. I'm trying, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so what would, how do you encourage girls that might be struggling mm -hmm. to look at math from a different perspective. You have all these ideas, but have you, let me just ask it a different way. Have you had a student who has struggled in your class, and how did you help them get through that struggle? Of course, yes. Mm -hmm. I've definitely had students struggle in math class. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes I called it last year. It was negative, but I would... Uh, joke, I guess, with other teachers be like, yeah, I teach math. I have the class that makes girls cry. Because mm. um, math can be hard and stressful. Um, and I know, and I told them this, in middle school, I hated math. Hated math. Didn't like it at all. Um, and so what I do to get students who are struggling to where they feel a little more comfortable, a little more confident, is through support. And that support is best done one-on-one. -on -one. So I have students who come in regularly during lunch, and I have students who come in regularly in the mornings so that I can work with them individually and give them that support to their face very directly. That way they know, like, okay, Miss Lopez is here and she wants me to do well. I mean, she's taking time out of her lunch or out of her morning to help me. I invest my time in them so that they can feel better about math class. And then also just the little things, like on my 
I think I told you this, on my tests and quizzes now, my new tradition is to write at the top a quote by Einstein that everybody is a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will lead its whole life believing that it is stupid. So I've already had a few girls not do well in quizzes. Right. And so when I pass that quiz back to them, I can highlight that line, everybody is a genius. And then I can tell them, you know what, let's work on these concepts together. You are not a fish. This is not your tree. We're going to work together. I still believe that you are a smart and capable and talented young person who can take on the world, even if you bombed a quiz. Like, it's just a quiz. I still think you're intelligent. I still have full faith in your potential. Thank you for sharing. Thank mm-hmm. you. So, once again, I appreciate you spending some time with me today and kind of sharing your insights and your story. I have one last question for you. It might be the toughest of the day. Mm-hmm. If you could choose one word to describe yourself, what would that word be and why? I think I am going to go with the word creative. That's the word that resonates with me the most right now because it is not only my goal, but I think it is my strength. My goal is to have a more creative math classroom, a math classroom where we're not just doing problems out of the book all the time. We're incorporating activities about art and storytelling and theater and we're going to do this cake project in geometry and we're going to do this shark tank uh, invention project in pre-algebra. I want them to be creative so I have to do more creative lesson planning. That's how it applies to the teacher side of my identity. The other reason I choose the word creative is because I know I myself, outside of the classroom, just enjoy creativity more than anything. I love making things. I love doing fun, (laughs) creative things outside of the classroom. Like My three biggest creative forms outside of the school are fashion design, comedy, and writing. If I wasn't in the classroom, those are the three... um, creative mediums I would be working with, fashion, comedy, and writing. And so I try and bring those to the classroom, and that makes a nice fusion for the professional identity and the personal identity. Creativity kind of unites them. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Well, Christine, thank you for being on Inspired to Impact. You've certainly inspired me today, and I just (laughs) totally enjoyed our conversation. I'm glad. Enjoy the rest of your second year of teaching. Yeah. Here we go. Okay.